Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome to the All by the Popcorn podcast. I'm Alessandra. And I'm Emily. And today we're going to talk about Ant-Man and the Wasp, which I am stoked about. Yes, the second, the pre, the pre sequel. Oh my god, I cannot even today. Wow. The sequel to Ant-Man. And I'm the one who's had like half a bottle of champagne already, so it's amazing. I'm going to blame it on the heat. Oh yes, I'm gonna I'm gonna blame it on the heat. I'm it's very hot where both of us are. I have very humid heat. And you have an extreme dry heat, and you're. It was, it was very... humid today. It's it's humid. It's changing. It's an ever changing heat, and it's it's really it's, uh, it's really horrible. I don't well, I don't like the heat. Um, to transition into this, uh, I will soon be in that um, Los Angeles dry heat because Emily and I are going to Comic Con in a couple weeks, San Diego. Yes, uh, for the fourth time which we are very excited about because this year we actually get to go to panels that we don't ever get to go to because we're always in Hall H. Yep, so this year we will be we'll be branching out to new rooms, new halls that we've never never ventured into. It's yes. going to be very exciting. Very exciting, including a exciting uh, meetup, which I'm just going to bring up now for all of you listening in the beginning of the podcast. Uh, we would love, love if we could meet up with you guys at Comic-Con. Is there any fans going to Comic-Con this year that you would love to, to come and meet us? We would just, it would be so cool to meet some listeners. Yeah, or if you just live in San Diego, because we're, we're not going to be meeting anywhere in the convention center. It's going to be out uh, in the city. Yeah, so we're going to meet at Gaslamp. Um, what is it, Saturday night, Emily? What time? Yeah, Saturday we will... Uh, gosh, what was the time? After 6.15, so uh, 7.30, 8? 7.38? Yeah, I, I would say 7.30. Um, anytime after 7.30, we will be at the Blarney Stone Pub, which is on 5th Avenue, um, 502 5th Avenue, and that is in the historic Gaslamp Quarter. So we will have our bags. We're going to be... Um, we're going to make, like, little podcast bags. So you, you can hopefully find us that way. And, uh, yeah, come and meet us, post a picture of us finally so you can see what we look like. <laughs> yeah, we won't, uh, we won't keep you hanging figuring out who we are. <laughs> but it would be really cool to meet some fans of the podcast or just listeners of the podcast. You don't even have to like us, I guess. You don't. You really don't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so we're really excited about Comic-Con. I'm sure we'll talk about that in next week's podcast as well, but uh, on to Ant-Man. So, I just realized, Emily, that Ant-Man is the first Marvel cinematic film with a title character that is a woman. What? I mean, there hasn't been a movie that has come out in which the title character is a woman. 
not not until Captain Marvel, but yeah, I guess you're right. Yeah, thinking back, there has not been. No, isn't that just wild? That's crazy. And and the ten years of Marvel movies. That's right, because it, it's always been either just groups of people or just a single person. And they're all men. What? That can't be. Really? Yeah. I know. I mean, then we have Captain Marvel coming up. She's the title character yeah. as well. But yeah, definitely Captain Marvel. Yeah, but that's not out yet. But yeah, I, yeah, that's crazy. I know. And and like fucking Justice League beat us to the punch. Like the DC universe had Wonder Woman. That's right. That's right. I say us as if we are Marvel, because clearly we think we are we're Marvel. Um, <laughs> which who is not going to Comic Con this year, which is kind of upsetting. Uh, but that's yes. okay. <laughs> D- that doesn't mean we do not support DC movies when they come out. I still spend, I still spend the money to go see the DC movies whenever they come out. But I just feel like Mar- Marvel's got it down right now with what they're doing with their movies. They just, they, they just, they're just on point. I know. I After think. Infinity War, there was really nothing else we could do about that i mean so this is the first movie after infinity war and obviously there's spoilers so if you have not seen ant-man and the wasp you have to go see it before you listen to this podcast okay yes dev spoilers i mean other deadpool aside this is the first movie after after everything that has happened in infinity war because because deadpool doesn't doesn't talk about it at all right no he doesn't no does he I don't does he, does think he call so because Thanos? He, he does, does call, he, call he does call the character Thanos, but he doesn't like when they were making that movie. They didn't know the ending, so they didn't put it into Deadpool two. That's right, and, and and the only reason he called him Thanos was because Josh Brolin is it Thanos, is Thanos so. right? Which is hilarious. Um, it's fucking just great. So, and um, overall thoughts uh, when you first stepped out of the theater for this movie. Um. Hmm. Not not too many thoughts, really. I mean, because I, I just really enjoyed the first one, so I was just having a good time watching the second one. I did... The the, the end credit scene did make me gasp, so I was, I was kind of, like, spiraled back into, like, Infinity War for, like, a second. Because <laughs> I, yes. I completely, like, blocked out what happened in Infinity War until they just brought it up again, and I honestly just went, <gasps> like, in the theater. Like, I just was like... <laughs> Well, when Scott was in, like, the quantum realm, and they stopped responding, I immediately was like, oh, they got burnt to ashes. Like, they're gone. It did not even occur to me. It occurred to me. Why aren't they answering? I knew it was coming. (laughs) I knew it. Because I just completely blocked it from my memory. But, um, I, again, not, I, I don't, I actually do feel like the second one was slightly better than the first one I but I think they're I think they're a lot the same like just in terms of I still I still like at like Atman as a character I like the I like uh hope a lot more in this one I really wasn't oh, too yeah. into her in the beginning movie yeah in the first movie um I liked how they developed their characters more I liked how they brought in Michelle Pfeiffer as Janet Van Dyne um, I feel like a lot more character development was happening, so I do feel like it was a great second movie, and I do think it was slightly better than the first one. I think I agree. I thought it wasn't as funny as the first one was, no, but definitely no. had a more um, intriguing plot 
and versatile plot versus, like, of course, in the first movie, I love Corey Stoll because he's a sexy beast. But I did love the addition of the ghost in this one and then Walter Goggins as the, like, kind of, you know, scummy connected to the government bad guy. Sunny. Sunny. Scummy. Scummy. <laughs> but, oh, yeah, no, he was no, Sunny but, but the, in... the the character, yeah, the character name, Sunny. Um, yeah. It's so funny. He, I love Walter Goggins because we've talked about The Hateful Eight, I think, before, and he was in that movie. Um, it just really great and so every time I see him in anything I'm like this guy is so great he and, and I and I loved his character because even though he was kind of like just a funny side character he he was really important and, and he really played up his part like when when Hope and Hank were on the run from the government because of the whole accords this happens right after uh, right during Infinity War Scott was under house arrest uh, for going to Germany uh, and to to fight along or fight against the Avengers or whatever. And and so Hope and Hank Pym had gotten away and were hiding from the government and they had to get they had to get materials to build this like quantum Yeah, tunnel. like a tunnel in order to get into the quantum realm, which was really cool. Yeah, and instead of using like, you know, public means, they really had to use like black market, like under the table secret stuff that really wouldn't get out. So I I really liked uh Walton's character. I thought he was really funny and you know, even though he was he was more like you couldn't take him seriously than like scary, he I still thought I still thought he played his character well, like not like like not too funny but not too serious. Yeah, definitely like that seemed like it was for every character in this movie. I mean, it doesn't really have like extremely high stakes. It's not like the world's going to end or something. But well, yeah, because they're really not they're not doing anything. They're not like saving the world. They're kind of just doing their own little side thing, which, which I also is really trying liked. to save Janet. I mean, it's like yeah. that's it. Like it's basically I didn't realize that the whole plot of the movie it was shocking to me that the whole plot of the movie would be like, we're going to save Michelle Pfeiffer from being in this quantum realm for like 30 years. I mean, that is, yeah. I mean, and I wouldn't have expected just, that. Yeah. And then also, yeah, like just with this very minuscule point of just saving Janet. Minuscule, huh? Then, Little, uh, you could say ant-sized. Alessandra. <laughs> <laughs> I just had to, uh, had to do it. I, I, I set myself up for that one. I really did. <laughs> um, I, I missed you, buddy. Can't wait to see you next week. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's. Uh, <laughs> so, but but having this very ant-sized s- plot, but then having a lot of outside obstacles coming in, like Scott yeah. lay uh, Scott, Scott dealing with yeah Scott his house dealing arrest. with uh, house arrest and the agents constantly coming over to his house to see if he's still there because they're like obsessed with catching him, which was hilarious. It was like it was like fucking like high school detention, like you know, catch the kid who who like snuck out of detention, like fucking Breakfast Club. And Randall and, Park um, is so funny. I mean, that yes. guy is hilarious in this movie. <laughs> it's so funny, and and then just everything. And I I love. I just love the creativity of Ant-Man because they can, they can, like, you know, I, I, I love how they brought the cars, like, they shrunk the cars to, yeah. and all the car chase scenes and how they, they, they put made other things, like, box. really big. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I just love how creative they can get with making things, like, so large or so small, and it's, it's just so 
clever. I love it so much, and it's it's just I could like could not take my eyes off the screen for the whole time. Oh yeah, um, it was a really fun fun paced movie as well. Yes, very very well done. So we have Scott Lang uh, not getting caught leaving his house for house arrest, mm-hmm. uh, which we got which he hadn't and, until Hope got involved. But yeah, we'll get to that later. And then we have. Uh, Walter Goggins and, so and then Ghost. Yeah, Walter Goggins and then Ghost. Um, and then, then the F... Well, Walter Goggins and the FBI are, like, basically the same thing. Um, well, so, they're, well, they're not quite the same thing, but... Well, like, they're... Well, that's true, because it's... There's, like, a spy uh, within the FBI that's working with the other guy. with Working with Sonny. So, yeah. I mean... Yeah, because the... Because the shady the the shady agent is both in connection with Sonny and with Agent uh, what's his name Agent Wu I believe yeah Jimmy Wu Jimmy Wu yes yeah so, so. yeah those they're like connected um, so we see Scott like at home uh, for two was it two years he he was on house arrest so he yeah, uh, two years. he was stuck inside this house so the first time we see him is when he's with his daughter and he made this very elaborate maze for her with a bunch of cardboard and then like a giant like um like slide you know because he's he's at home and he takes care of his daughter on the weekends apparently um yeah she she like comes over for weekend play dates and, and stuff, i would like just like to mention movies. how fucking adorable it is that his ex-wife and his ex-wife's husband which are played by judy greer and bobby cannavale who is like the most like they're just such loving characters they're just so happy that paul like scott lang is like in their lives and then bobby cannavale's character is just such a nice guy he just is, is hugging them all the time like just, they're just like one big beautiful happy family like i just love it so yeah. much it's so which cute. is really interesting because bobby could sometimes be typecasted as being kind of like an asshole too or mm-hmm. like cause, i mean th- they could have easily made too. him yeah, like, they could have easily made him, like, some paranoid, like, jealous, like, just asshole of, of a new husband, but I'm glad that they kind of kept, kept the whole family, like, cohesive and just, like, just good, just keeping them good. Yeah. And because it's so funny, like, when he comes in for group hugs and just, when they're just all being really loving towards Scott, it's just really funny, and, uh... It's Paul really Rudd just has this super goofy smile that just works so well too. Yeah, and and the actress that plays his daughter is just so amazing. Oh I like I my love God. I love this kid. She she's, is she's fantastic. Exceptional. Exceptional. She is so cute. And she's so great. And, and and when and when like she's talking to Scott about, you know, being Ant Man and how he should really have a partner. Yeah. And the whole conversation when he was like, Yeah, I should and, and then she's like, I was talking about me and then he laughs and she's like, Don't laugh and I'm like, Oh Aww. and he's so like, I would be cute. a terrible father if I let you fight crime with me. Like And she's like, True, true. <laughs> yeah, you're right. <laughs> like she's such a sweet little character and she like defends her dad and she she like uh tells the um tells the police that he's upstairs and he's sick and like he's really not home yet and like just that whole situation where he would he would come home and they would find him like out of his house arrest situation was just like hilarious like he made it every time 
you know? Yeah, just just on the nick of time, like fucking Ferris Bueller. It's so funny. <laughs> it's exactly um, like that. Yeah, and I and I love how they made her more of a dynamic character because she she could have easily just been like some some kid who was there for show, but I'm glad they made her old enough to where she was smart to know what was happening. Oh my gosh, like when Jimmy, Jimmy Woo was like explaining to her yeah. the whole like Why house, arrest house arrest accords. Oh my gosh, I mean, it was so funny. Oh my gosh. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. Um, I also I, love uh, how, how Lewis kind of changed in this. So yeah, from, Michael Pena's character, who's amazing. Yeah, from, from where this this movie starts off, so I I don't quite remember how how Lewis was. I mean, he he just kind of seemed there, and he was there to be funny in the first movie. But this in this one, I like where they took him. So because they're mm-hmm. all ex cons, him, uh, Ti, and uh, yeah, what's the other guy? And, Divian uh, Lador. Yeah, he's Kurt. Is it Kurt? David uh, Dastmalchian. Yeah, uh, Kurt, I that's believe. that's him. Yeah, so there's Kurt so, and Ti. Yeah, they're hilarious. <laughs> so they have this like security company, um, which is amazing because they all fucking rob places. Yeah, no, they robbed. They used to rob places. So this is amazing, and and I I kind of love this whole like Lewis like stressed out hilarity kind of thing <laughs> as the boss. Like it was hilarious. <laughs> yeah, he's yeah. like, I'm the boss. I'm the boss, and he's like freaking out. He's like, I'm still shaking. I'm the boss. I'm the boss. I think it's because yeah. there's something going on, and you know, I also loved how they tied it back to the first movie where um, Lewis is telling the story about who, how his like his like aunt got the story from like his cousin who was all like. Oh, if you go in there, you can you can beat me. And I was like, oh, and it kind of like does their lips as if it's like drunk history, like they're saying the words that are coming yes. out of his mouth. I mean, it is like yes. classically hilarious, and he's speaking so fast. And they did it again with this movie with like involving po- Hope and and Scott and like you know their relationship and everything. And he's like, well, where's Scott right now? And he's like, well, emotionally, he's like <laughs> over here. <laughs> Emotionally, it's it's he's in a complex place. He's in a, and then he just like is explaining it emotionally because he got like the truth serum injected into him. It's just there's a lot of really funny, funny parts to this movie. Yeah, those are definitely my favorite parts of the of the two movies. Are just those those lip dubbing like so funny. Oh my gosh. You know, I would say that um, if you looked at this movie from a perspective of not seeing the first one, it would really seem like this whole uh, plot with uh, Ava as the ghost, with um, Lawrence Fishburne as like her mentor and, and uh, kind of father figure, would seem like it was kind of lacking, because they kind of just threw it on you out of nowhere. I mean, it's kind of like they've got this other stuff going on, and then this ghost character is like trying to... like take their quantum energy to for her to like suck the energy out of um janet van dyne as a character and so it just it just seems like it's kind of like obviously this girl is in a lot of pain but her as a character is not as strong because it's not as dire you know it's it's not as like you know it's it's one person and not just like a ton of people she doesn't want this power for anybody other than herself yeah, she was definitely thinking very just selfishly about it all, and um, which could possibly be understandable with with how much pain she's in and how she's kind of just desperate. But yeah, I'll definitely agree that 
Lawrence Fishburne's character was a little just kind of half-assedly thrown in there. He didn't, like, even though we, we got the gist that him and Hank used to work together and that they kind of hate each other for some reason, like, like Lawrence was like, I left because you're a big-headed asshole, and then, and then Hank's like, no, I fired you, but it's just like, eh. I would and, uh, just like to throw in that a couple months ago on the subway, I saw Lawrence Fishburne. Did you? Yeah, he was on my uh, train with me. I took a picture of him. Wow! Yeah, you did. Why did you send that to me? I think I did. I took a ninja photo of him. the The only one I remember you sending me was when you saw Jeff Goldblum at the airport. Oh yeah, though no, this is uh Oh no, your your dad saw Jeff. Goldblum. No, I did. I did. You did. Yeah, you did. You did. sat across you did. from him and took like a million photos of him. Uh, and my dad That's and right. I were whispering to each other the entire time, right in front yes. of him. He totally knew. He has really big feet. Anyways. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty exciting. But back to Lawrence Fishburne. So, um, so we understand that Lawrence is, um, he, he studies the same stuff that Hank Pym does, but is obviously not as, uh, I guess, not as crazy. Not as smart. I, not a, a no. Cra- a, like, I, he like worked Hank, at, at Shield as well, apparently. He did, but but uh, Hank like can kind of get stuff made faster and like and more efficient. Like Lawrence Fishburne kind of seemed like Bill Foster seemed like he kind of worked at things slowly because he didn't quite know how to make the thing that he was trying to make. Uh huh. Yeah. Or, I, or, I don't or like know. his stuff just. So I don't know. His his character was a little. Like it, it was nice that he was trying to help Ghost, but he didn't wanna he didn't wanna go as far as Ghost would. Um But like, I really did know, love she, that they took off the table the fact that she wasn't gonna go for his daughter. Like that wasn't yes. the that wasn't the plan. And she was like, Okay, fine. And you're like, Wow, um setting boundaries for a villain, that's kind of weird. Like that doesn't happen. Yeah, and that's kind of where like what once once that scene happened it she didn't seem as much like a like a villain per se anymore she just kind of seemed like someone who just was acting out of desperation yeah exactly she was, mis- she was misunderstood she definitely was and at the end they they all had a happy ending which is kind of wild yeah like the the miraculous like healing hands of of Janet. Michelle Pfeiffer i know right like <laughs> of Janet. what what is so that? i guess <laughs> yeah, so how she was able to heal her because w- w- through all of her time, th- through like her thirty years or something in in the quantum realm or something, she had evolved into something else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> so she's. I think she's like changed herself, and but the does quantum she have, like, abilities. Realness, because, yeah, she definitely made her able to manage quantum energy. I, I, well, I would say. Well, because because at the end, Scott still had to go into the quantum realm to collect the quantum healing particles. So maybe right. Michelle for or who? maybe Janet. At, at who is he collecting them for? Thanos? Oh, should, <laughs> should I know this? No. No, I don't know who he was collecting them for. Like, we, they were clearly doing that for a reason, which seemed like it, it was because of the fact that it was for whatever altercation was going on in Wakanda, and they needed to get... Well, wait. 
Wait, who needed that? Was it for... Was it for... The whole world needs it, Alessandra. Their molecules have been fucking fried. I know, but maybe it was for vision or something. They never, they weren't clear about it. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Maybe it could be for vision. Maybe maybe the part- the particles that he's collecting could help save, like, some of the Avengers or something. Because because the whole reason that, that Janet could save Ava, it was, it was like fixing her molecules. So may- maybe if they collected some of the dust from people kind of like oh my god oh my god oh my there's god there's this at work we were watching we were watching the Adam West uh, Batman movie yeah and um and in the movie uh penguin dehydrated a bunch of people and they would turn into different colors of like sand rocks and and whenever they would collect collect their little dehydrated bodies to then to then pump them back with water they would turn back to normal so maybe they just need to collect the little fried molecule dust piles of people and then and then rehydrate them. Yes, Emily, but they like, didn't know that that was happening. Like they're well, the they, they'll know now. I mean, no, they won't because they're dead. The only one left is Scott, and he's stuck in the quantum realm. Scott'll figure it out. He he somehow fixed his belt in the first movie to make him to make him like come back out of the quantum thingy. You know, I'm upset because I hope that Scott is in... I, I hope that they find some way to get him back for the next movie. Like, I'll be so upset if he, he's not even in Infinity War until, like, the very fucking end. I don't... I don't understand why... why they even had to shrink him themselves. Like, in the first movie, Scott was able to just shrink down, but then come back from the from the quantum yeah, realm. Yeah, with why his, like, little shrinker things. Yeah, with his little button. He, he like, fixed it and then, like, made it so he could come back. Okay, so speaking why... of his little button things, how hilarious was his malfunctions of his new suit? Oh, Especially my god! Especially that scene where he's in that, he's in the elementary in the school. school. <laughs> oh, my God. I think that was oh the funniest part of the entire movie. He gets shrunk to the size of a child, but he doesn't look like a child. He still looks like a little man. And so he's like yeah. running around with his kids like with this oversized sweatshirt. hoodie on. Oh my gosh. <laughs> my gosh. It was and then and then when the teacher stops him in the hall. Yeah, and he's just and he's like, away. Hey you where's your hall pass? And then he just he just stops with like his arms just like his the sleeves don't fit and they're just like dangling off the ends of his hands. And then he just runs. Oh my god, so funny. Like, that whole entire oh scenario is the most ridiculous thing I've ever seen in a Marvel movie. Like, I can't even, like, think about anything more ridiculous. I mean, you know what? Thor Ragnarok was pretty ridiculous. So, you know what? No. Like, that whole entire you know, no. movie yeah. was r- more ridiculous than this movie, obviously. But still, <laughs> such a good part. <laughs> oh. Thor, Thor Ragnarok seemed, the humor seemed different than than it's I, I feel like Thor Ragnarok's Thor Ragnarok's humor is more kind of like a Guardian's humor and then and then Ant-Man's like like its own thing like I don't even know it's it's kind of like it's it's almost like rom-com humor like yeah, where it's just yeah. it's just kind of observational <laughs> yeah. kind of just like with the world's greatest grandma like just fucking amazing I like know. his little his little trophy that i is, love it that his daughter got him like she's hilarious yes. like it 
I mean, it's just great that they gave the kid some good lines. Like, you know, uh, it. <laughs> I don't know. Like, it's just a whole big mess of a bunch of people having fun. And, you know, I, I do. I love the cast so much. I mean, we Michelle Pfeiffer is just so cute. And so is, like, Michael Douglas. And, I mean, we got to give some praise to Hope because she's just so... She's, like, the most earnest person in the whole movie. Yeah, and I like how she kind of loosened up a little bit in the second movie. I really I really wasn't too crazy about her in the first one just because she was kind of just being jealous of Scott the whole time, being Ant-Man, and she didn't have her suit yet. And and I also didn't like her haircut. And No, but this one, she had a way better haircut. She had an amazing wardrobe. I mean, she was, like, wearing these black, beautiful, like, long, you know... Like, trench coat trench with, coats. like, cool, like, like a, almost, like, cuffed-up... Uh, Bermudas or like you know capris and then those awesome boots I love those boots that she was wearing oh, yeah I mean like her whole outfit this time was so much better because before she had that like really stick straight hair that I just thought looked ridiculous well yeah because she was because she was kind of undercover for uh, the the bad guy like what was it a yellow jacket or something in the first movie oh yeah that's Corey. right Corey Stoll. Yeah, because she was working for him. And so she was kind of like the sexy Corey Stoll. <laughs> yes, Alessandro. I like I like Corey Stoll. <laughs> um, and then I kind of like Hank Pym's like just sassiness in this movie. I, I don't remember him being too sassy in the first movie. Uh, but I really and the, I also like his big headedness, like kind of his whole interaction with Lawrence Fishburne. I kind of I kind of liked that aspect of him because I think it was uh, a friend of mine was talking to me about Hank and, and in the comics, Hank like, is kind of an asshole. Like, he's really big-headed and he's just really... And that's kind of what ultimately leads to, like, him and Janet divorcing multiple times. Like, apparently in the comics, they divorce a lot because Janet's, like, a really strong, uh, just equally, like, a smart person and she just will not handle Hank Pym sometimes. Like, she's just like, you're, you're being stupid, I'm out. And mm -hmm. then... But then they love each other and they come back. So it's yeah. just, it's interesting. But I liked his, I liked his sassiness. Yeah. And that him being in the quantum realm was really cool. Obviously, it's like really similar to the first, um, the first movie when Scott goes into the quantum realm. But we get to spend a lot more time in there this time. And I think the special effects for that, like, area is really cool. I mean, it kind of reminds me of uh, Doctor Strange in a way, but obviously it's yep, like yep. so much tinier. I mean, like it's like Doctor Strange, but on that like minuscule scale. Um, yeah. And were those were those things that he ran into in like the quantum realm? Like, were those were those water bears? Do water yeah. bears look like that? They're, those are water bears. Those are water bears. Yeah. I saw them on the screen, and I was like, oh my god, it's a water bear. <laughs> I was like, that's, that's a water bear. Yeah. Oh my gosh, that's crazy. They're so, like, scary looking, especially when you're tiny. I just wish we had some more time with Janet, just because I love Michelle Pfeiffer Oh, lot. yeah, that's and true. So... She was not in as much as I want her to be, for sure. No, And they introduced not. her character when we were at Comic-Con, which was really exciting. Yes! Oh, Michelle! I mean, I don't think they even released that to the public. It was like this video of Michael Pena and um, Paul Rudd That's like that hilarious explaining video. Oh the entire Marvel Universe to yes. um, basically to Michelle Pfeiffer. Like, it was like 
Michael Pena and Paul Rudd being like, okay, so, you know, like, uh, we got Iron Man over here. That's what it started with. And then it goes on, and it's just like, they go all through the all ten years, and then at the very end, they're like, okay, so what do you think? And she's like, I'm ready, you know? And that was, like, the end of her, her, like, and then it showed that she was going to be Janet, which was really cool. Yeah, like, her initiation, basically, into the Marvel Universe. Yeah, yeah. I remember that. Oh, has Ugh. that video been released? It was so funny. Uh, you know, I don't think it has. I have not seen it anywhere else. Like, I swear it was just for Comic-Con. I mean, it's kind of cool to have those, like, experiences of, like, this was the only thing. Yeah, but when they only play it once, I, like, never remember. <laughs> I never remember any of it. Ugh. It's still great, though. It was so funny. Um, What else is there? We've kind of covered everything. I mean, yeah, it's just, like... This is a really fun movie. There's not so much to talk about because it's just, like, all fun. Like, it's not really anything, yeah. like, too complicated. It's, yeah, it's just, like, a Deadpool, um, which is just, it's, which these movies are really great to be released right after the tragedy of Infinity War, so it's... Oh, it's, yeah, I was thinking that, too. Like, this tone is a lot more fun, you know, even though we have, like, the end... It still feels like there's some hope because these characters tried so hard to achieve their goals and then, you know, they just get, like, drifted off into dust and it's just like, well, that's not okay. You know, like, we already kind of, like, really like these characters and even even Janet, like, she's just so great, so... Yeah, we're, like, just meeting Janet and now she's gone. So I know, that's, like... that's not fair. I, I know they'll be back, hopefully, but, you know, you know, it's, yeah. They did say, what did it say at the end of the credits? It said, like, Ant-Man and Wasp will return. Will return, that was it. question mark. It had well, a question mark. That's right, because Scott's currently stuck in the quantum realm, and Wasp is a dust pile, so. Yeah. And, um... And then, the, obviously, there's the different names that he was making up for his ants, his flying ants, which oh, were pretty right. funny. He was like, I'm going to name you, um, what, what was what, it? An, what, Ant, uh, Antonio Banderas Antonio Banderas, yeah. And, and then there was, what, Hugh, Hugh Grant, Grant Ant or something? <laughs> Is that what he said? Ulysses S. Grant Ant. Yes, Ulysses S. Grant <laughs> Gosh. Oh, so good. And Hope's just like, where were you? And he's like, sorry, I had to name my aunt. Oh, and then there was that scene where he was trying to get the flying ants and all those seagulls kept coming down and eating them. Do seagulls even eat flying ants? I don't know, but it was like four seagulls. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh, and then he got too big, so then he fainted. Ugh. Yeah. He has to sleep after, after, uh becoming Goliath or something. Yeah, which takes up a lot of his energy. Yeah, that was, <sighs> uh, that was pretty funny. I'm, I'm really glad that uh, Evangeline Lily became the Wasp because that definitely means that she's going to have something to do with the further Avengers or something because she's so cool. Yes! Oh, and the, and the cute little, uh, what was it, the interaction they had when, when uh, Hope was kind of complaining to Scott about not, like, kind of not inviting her to go to Germany. To go to Germany, right. She was really upset yeah. about it. She was like, oh my god, how could you do that? Like, they were all upset about it. I mean, he stole the suit, uh -huh. and then he went and fought, and then... And got arrested. Like, this is just terrible. Yeah. 
And now they're on the run because of the freaking accords they were fighting over. So, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so it's which all just the other Avengers just like blew off because they were like, "This is way more important than us being caught by the government right now." Yeah, yeah. So, uh, it's uh, it's in this great, wonderful thing we call the Marvel Cinematic Universe, and uh, that's all I have to say about this movie. Um. If you'd like to follow us, you can find us on SoundCloud and on Apple Podcasts. We'd really love it if you would rate and review us on there so people can find us more easily. That'd be awesome. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You could also find us on Twitter. Our handle is at ByThePopcorn. And also on Instagram, our handle is at AllByThePopcornPodcast. And then we're also on Facebook. You can find us. Just search All By The Popcorn Podcast and it it will come up. We have a a page you can like. That would be awesome. And don't forget, we are doing a meetup uh, at Comic-Con San Diego in two weeks on Saturday the... What's the date, Emily? Saturday the 24th. First, the 21st, 21st at the Blarney Stone Pub at 7.30 p.m. We will see yeah, watch you there. A, watch, the, watch the social media. We'll be posting uh, the details yes. on Twitter and Instagram and the Facebook page. So if uh, so, that's not this isn't the first you're hearing of it and the only time we're going to post about it. Um, and do, do you do our emails? Do oh, you have any no. suggestions for future episodes or just any movies you want us to talk about or any thoughts, you can email us. Our emails are uh, allbythepopcorn at gmail.com or allbythepopcornpodcast at gmail.com. Yeah. So thanks so much for listening. Hopefully we'll see you at Comic-Con. Yep. We'll talk to you guys next time. Bye. Bye. Need to stock up on any weather wardrobe staples? Check out American Giant for hoodies, jackets, sweats, and more pieces you can wear anywhere. All made right here in the USA. Go to American-Giant.com and use code ANYSTYLE24 for 20% off your order.